Welcome to Optimal Health Uncovered. We are a group of health and wellness professionals in the New York metropolitan area where our mission is to empower you to live better. From specific injuries to general fitness trends, diets to sleep habits, our group of specialists are dedicated to bringing you the latest evidence-based research on the topics that matter most. Welcome to this session of Optimal Health Uncovered. Welcome back to another episode of Optimal Health Uncovered. We had such a great discussion with Jen. We've split this up into two parts, and now we're going to dive into the second part of our discussion on nutritional truths, myths, and fads. So let's dive in. To that point of having a food group that they like, do you often tell them to change the way they prepare maybe that food as Mm -hmm. variety or adding spices or stuff like that to that food if they're resistant to kind of move out of that category? Absolutely. So one of my favorite things is, you know, if you are craving Italian, great, let's go grill a bunch of vegetables, throw some tomato paste and tomato sauce on it and oregano. And all of a sudden you're having this Italian side of vegetables, you know, like you don't necessarily need the pasta to feel like you're having Italian. Correct. Everyone attaches the pasta though. Right. You know, throw it in there, have a little bit. I, you know, there are a lot of, listen, once in a while, and depending on where you are in your journey, although I hate that word, right. Depending on how close you are to your goal or where you want to be, you'll make different decisions. So maybe you're choosing a whole grain pasta. Maybe you're choosing one that's made out of chickpeas. Maybe my sister and I had one recently that was made out of, um, hearts of palm. So there's a lot of options out there today that didn't exist 15, 20 years ago that make it really easy to have those things that you really want to have in a very health supporting way. Let's transition a little bit. We'll take you down the the, the road of plant-based diets yeah. or plant-based eating. Uh, can you share with us a little bit about your view on plant-based eating and uh, we'll open that up to discussion. Yeah. So I think we would all be served by focusing a lot more on plants and incorporating more plants into our nutrition. One of my things, whether it's plant-based or keto or vegan or anything that you're subscribing to is I always say, focus more on what you are eating than what you're not. So the idea that someone will say, oh, I'm plant-based, like, okay, cool. What are you eating? Right? Because a lot of these labels tell us what you're not eating. So you could be plant-based and eat macaroni and cheese all day long. But that's not necessarily giving us the health benefits of adding more plants to our nutrition. Correct. And, you know, there's been a lot of press that's come out lately about, you know, vegetarian or vegan diets that are just horrible because it's just like you said, it's sugar based and it's Mm -hmm. candy. Candy is vegetarian, right? Right. It's crazy. (laughs) Uh, So talk to us uh, to uh, support some of the benefits of plant-based eating. You know, I'm a believer. I changed my diet probably three years ago. I'm not true vegetarian and pescatarian, Mm -hmm. but uh, plant-based was important to me more because it wasn't what I look like on the outside. It was what I look like on the inside as far as cardiovascular health, et cetera. So decided to make a change uh, to a plant-based diet. Uh, One thing that was interesting to me was, and you, you said this earlier, 
when you're eating healthy stuff and good stuff, you can eat a lot of it. I mm-hmm. mean, my plate, two, three plates full of just fruits and vegetables, and there's not a crazy amount of calories, but they're all good calories for you. Right. Uh, so talk to us a little bit about the benefits of plant-based eating. Yeah. I think one of the biggest benefits we started to talk about this before, as far as micronutrients, like our body needs this food and fuel and everything that we're giving it. And so focusing on plants helps support all of that. I think one of the challenges with plant-based eating is getting sufficient protein. And one of the things that, yes, there is protein in a lot of our vegetables and a lot of plants out there, but it's almost like an efficiency around the protein sources, which is why people will often choose to be pescatarian or, you know, to add some other sources of protein because the amount of protein per the volume that you have to eat can be a challenge. So I think it's a very healthful thing for all of us to focus on adding more plants and giving our body the phytonutrients that we need that are lost when we focused on a lot of other, you know, diets and foods. It's incredibly beneficial for every function of the body and our gut health, which impacts everything in our body and our immune function and cardiovascular function and everything else in the system. So it's critically important that we all learn to add plants to our nutrition. If someone is you know, strictly plant-based, is there areas where they need to supplement, whether it be a multivitamin, iron deficiencies, if someone is following either a vegan or a plant-based diet, is that something that you would recommend or advise? Yes and no. So when it comes to iron and some of these other more specific minerals, that can be very individual. And so it is something where you want to work with your healthcare provider to look at what's happening in your body. In general, across the board, I actually recommend everybody take a multivitamin. Our food supply, given our farming practices and that upwards of 75% of our fruits and vegetables are imported when you go to the grocery store. Our foods, in particular fruits and vegetables, do not have the same nutrients as they did 20, 40 years ago. And in terms of evolution, that's not that much time. You know, I was reading something. I mean, this study was even 10 plus years ago. And fruits and vegetables had 59% less critical minerals and protein than they did, you know, 20 years before that. And so when we think about it, even if the only thing we ate were the vegetables and the fruits and everything that we were supposed to eat, and we never ate any of the other stuff, our body isn't getting everything that it needs in a way that it can use it. What's the reason? Is it in the transport? Is it, you know, the, you know, what's the reason why we're not getting the, the nutrients we were? So it starts first with our farming practices. So I remember growing up and learning about crop rotation. So different crops pull different nutrients from the soil and add different nutrients back to the soil. So the idea of crop rotation was that you weren't always pulling the same things out of the soil. Well, we don't really do that anymore. We have the cost of that for the farmers. correct? Exactly. And so we really now have corn farmers and potato farmers and everybody specializes in this one thing. Well, if we're always growing the same thing in the soil, the soil gets depleted. That 
right? Because the, the vitamins and minerals and everything we're getting comes from the soil. So even if we then assume that our food then is ripening on the vine. So the only time foods can get vitamins and minerals from the soil is when they're connected to the soil. Well, if our food is supposed to be the perfect color when it gets to our grocery store shelves, it has to be picked well before it's ripe in order for it to be ripe when we get it in the store because of the transport, right? So our fruits and vegetables are picked long before they're ripe and they continue to ripen in transit. Well, ripening when not connected to the vine doesn't give us any additional vitamins and minerals. So they're not connected to the vine and the soil for as long as they used to be. And the soil they are connected to is depleted. So we end up in this sort of exacerbated level on level situation where our fruits and vegetables just don't have the nutrition that they used to. Good answer. So as far as, you know, we talked about, you know, plant-based proteins and we know that beans, lentils, legumes, very good sources, but you do have to eat a lot of them to yep. get the same amount. Let's, let's switch gears and talk about the benefits of animal protein and sources and good sources of animal protein. Can you enlighten us with some of that information? Yeah. So I'm a big fan of grass-fed beef, organic Choosing organic, choosing wild-caught salmon over farmed salmon. You know, when you look at the, like we always talk about marbling, right? Especially when it comes to red meat. You can actually even see the difference in salmon of the wild-caught versus farmed, how much fat, how much marbling there is. And again, it's about what it's being fed. So even going back to beef, right? So cows who are fed corn, that meat, when we look at it, looks very different than the meat of cows that were fed grass. So you can certainly do a whole like deep dive and, you know, get lost into the world of, you know, how we're choosing our foods. I think everybody has to pick their battles and start with what works for you. So if it's not possible to do the grass fed organic wild caught, right. And make those choices. Like you do what you can, you make the best choices for you understanding what some of those limitations are, but if nothing is an issue and you could go, you know, to directly to the farm and <laughs> you know get everything right from there, I mean, all the better. But I think when it comes to choosing meats, I'm a big, you know, organic chicken, skinless, boneless is for me, right. It depends on every person. Uh, and again, like those grass fed, meats, wild caught fish, and the fresher, the better, obviously. Now, as you're educating your clients, is there, are there certain tools you use to make it easy for them to actually adapt to, you know, changing the types of meat they, uh, they choose to serve and how they prepare it? Is there a process that you go through? Yeah. And the process is really understanding where they're starting from and picking our battles. So nine times out of 10, the challenge we're having is not between corn-fed beef and grass-fed beef, especially when we're starting out. You know, the challenge we're having is processed foods and not eating enough and not getting fruits and vegetables and those kinds of things. So we, I always want to start with those. And then as we progress, 
get into more of the nitty gritty. And each person makes those decisions when they are ready to. And I think that's a big thing. Like if we try to take on every single little piece of what we're talking about today. You've lost it. Yeah. And it's too much. It's not sustainable. That's the same thing we've all done a million times over and why we've tried these things, you know, in quotes that didn't last because we were given instructions. We tried to implement every possible piece of it day one. And then we were like, Oh, this is exhausting. Like, forget it. It's hard on our end. You know, you're fighting to make these recommendations and we've all learned from telling people to just do this diet or you you do this exercise routine. Mm -hmm. If it's not for them and they're not bought in, Forget it. You're, you're fighting an uphill battle with that. I also point out to people really quick, like notice how you feel, right? So the scale, first of all, I think divorce the scale, throw it out, get rid of it. It's like the worst barometer of our health, but start to notice how are you sleeping? How's your energy? You know, the energy we bring to life each day enters the body through nutrition. So if you're not feeling well, if you're not waking up with energy, if you're not you know, tired at an appropriate time in the evening. Um, Those are all better barometers of shifts we want to make and the fuel that helps us feel our best. So when we're making those choices, it's like, okay, here's a recommendation. Give this a shot and just track the data so we can see objectively what's happening. I think that's the key, actually making small changes and seeing what's happening. You talk about the food, the sleep, you, you mentioned earlier the hormones, you know, yeah. how to, each person's a little bit different. So finding that balance and changing small things and looking at what the measurement of that change is and is it effective or do, do you feel worse, right? If you eat a certain type of meal, you know, a, hopefully a, a healthy plant balanced, plant based diet or something that's balanced with grass fed meat and you feel better. Mm-hmm. And that's one part of it, right? What time did you eat it at? The portion right. size, you know, there's all these things we could talk for hours and we'll probably have you back in the yeah. future. <laughs> you know, fasting and time restricted eating and time of eating and how that relates to sleep and then hormone changes. We could go really deep on this, but I think fine tuning and break it in small increments for people and letting them, you know, make not big changes. Don't throw everything at them at once and, you know, let them see the small micro changes and how they're feeling and then asking them to give a little bit more. With that said, is there, as you're building program for an individual, as far as their nutritional uh, journey here, are you, do you have a certain template or is it, you know, something that it, it varies depending on the individual? It's both, right? Like there are templates and then it certainly varies depending on the individual, depending on their background, their medical history, their goals, their time frame, their commitment level. All of these things play into what kinds of recommendations we're making. Across the board though, everyone is starting with protein and fiber, right? Focusing on getting all those vegetables in there, getting our quality fats, getting you know, sufficient protein to fuel the body. And all the things that you were talking about before is what I call like one of the things that we implement in the very beginning of the tracking. So we track to collect data. A lot of times in our history with all this nutrition stuff, 
tracking and logging our food and all of these things, it has taken on a weight for a lot of people and I get it. So one of the things that we want to do is sort of remove all of that emotion around it, remove the judgment around it and use it to collect the data. So exactly what time are we eating? How much are we eating? What time are we going to sleep? What time are we waking up? How much water did I have? What did I do for my exercise? What time did I do my exercise? How am I feeling? All of those kinds of things so that we have the data because then we can look at it and say, oh, every time you have that crazy sugar craving, it was preceded by a day of insufficient protein. You know, a lot of times when we crave sugar, what we actually need is protein and, you know, better fuel for the body. So it's really interesting and tracking all of these things allows us to then make those shifts and determine where we go. One of the things I'm not a big fan of weighing and measuring insofar as I'm not going to live the rest of my life carrying measuring cups and a scale around in my pocket. So I think, and if what you're eating is clean, lean protein, vegetables, and some fruit and quality fat, the portion sizes will take care of themselves. That's probably not where our challenges are coming from. So especially in the beginning, I'm less concerned about the quantity you know, of, of like weighing and measuring those things and more concerned about what are we eating? When are we eating it? Exactly. The things that you're talking about and kind of working in that progression. I agree. I I think it's just simpler for an individual to take that. It's, it's very taxing to measure and document the documentation for a couple of weeks, just so you're aware. So you have an awareness of time and what you're actually eating and how it's affecting you. But after a while, once you get in that routine of, okay, just picking healthier foods and making that your food choice, it becomes, it's just part of your regular day. It's like anything else. It just becomes routine and it's easier. And then you can make little changes down the road. But the the days of uh, going to a nutritionist for counseling and bringing a seven-day food log, like I remember going to a nutritionist once we hired here. And she's like, write a seven-day food log. And I was in a bad place at that time. I mean, I was bouncing between offices, Wendy's and McDonald's and all this. And I gave her my food log. She's like, come on, stop messing with me, right? (laughs) She's like, you eat all this junk. And I'm just like, yeah, but it was the harder part was not eating the junk. It was documenting all this stuff, right? So sometimes- But the accountability was there at that point. Like I'm like, to myself, I didn't realize I was stopping for fast food four times a week, five times a week, right? Right. So it's, it brings this awareness. Sometimes I'll recommend to people, take a picture of your plate, email the picture to yourself so that the email has a timestamp. And when you look at that plate, you know what you had. Very good. Right. Easy. Keep it easy. Keep it simple. Like don't turn the details of tracking into Mount Everest and the thing that keeps you from getting the data. Um, And the other thing about that is it is data. And when we put it on paper, it can get out of our head. And nine times out of 10, everybody who's aware of this conversation is tracking their food in their head. And what would happen, posing this question to everybody, and Mike, this goes back to one of your questions from the beginning, what would happen if all of a sudden that brain capacity that was taken up by remembering everything you ate all day and yesterday 
was given to things that you enjoy and passion projects and other areas of your life. Like when we don't have to keep it all in our head, all of a sudden a world opens up. That's a great point. You know, I like the suggestion of taking a picture. It's so much easier than writing it down when you think about it. That helps with that relationship of just having a healthy relationship with food, right? So if you're not thinking of food as a burden all the time, if it's just something that fuels you to do the things that you love, then food is something that we love and we enjoy and not something that is this thing that's weighing on us all the time. So I love that. Exactly. Well, Jen, this has been great. Thanks for joining us. How do people find out more about you? And we know you have a podcast, uh, Salad with a Side of Fries. It's kind of funny. I I go to dinner and I have a, a daughter who is a vegetarian and she constantly orders salad and a side of sweet potato fries. And yes. I kind of laugh and I, I told her you were coming on, on the podcast and it was the title of your podcast. So uh, how, do, how do people find you? That's awesome. Yes. So salad with a side of fries. We're on all the podcast platforms. So wherever you like to listen and probably the easiest is Instagram at Jen Trepic, J-E-N-N-T-R-E-P-E-C-K. And my website for more about what I do is betterlifenowllc.com. Terrific. Well, this has been great. Thanks for Thank making the you. trip up from New York uh, to sunny Connecticut here to join us. Uh, Mike, thanks for joining us from home. Uh, hopefully the first day of school goes well for your daughter. I hope so. It'll go well. It'll go well for her. For us, it will not go well. <laughs> we'll be the ones in tears. She's more than ready to go. So I want to. I want to see pictures and you know share them, and I will share my meal by through pictures from now on. <laughs> Thanks for jumping on this morning, Mike, and uh, thank you everyone f- uh, out in our listening audience for joining us for another episode. Um, we hope to see you soon. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to this episode of Optimal Health Uncovered. If you have questions for us or want to hear about something specific in an upcoming episode, send an email to podcast at performance-pt.com and be sure to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for more tips on optimal health. Until next time, be well.